episode regular contributor Mr. Lee Beckman is going to help me discuss six talking animal pictures. And why in the world is Rankin Review doing an episode about talking animals? Well, Beckman, as much as I love the man, can be a little bit bossy, he can be a little bit demanding, and he recognized it and said, you know what, next episode you can pick whatever you want. And you know, I could have given him a real hard sit if I wanted to. But I thought, what's a list that no one will pick voluntarily? And what's a list that's a little different? The answer was talking animal pictures. And it was an episode that I could watch every single one of the movies with my children. But how will it rank? To find out, please keep listening. You should go into this podcast knowing there will be spoilers for the films discussed, as well as coarse language, most likely for me. Send your feedback to rankingreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. The website is rankingreview.ca. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Ranking Review. Another episode of Rankin Review with my dear, dear friend, Mr. Lee Beckman. I'm not sure what episode number this is. We're going to bank this one. Fair enough. Probably somewhere in the 180s, I'm guessing. Fair enough. <laughs> um, you've been doing a lot of episodes of Rankin Review, and I always like to have you, and I always appreciate you, but <clears throat> you have, by your own admission, sometimes been a little bit like, I want to do this. I'm doing this one. Mine, mm. mine, mine. Mm. So you said, Larry, I'm going to do an episode for you. You can do literally anything you want. And for some reason, <laughs> I decided to give you talking animal pictures. It, it, it threw me for a curve, the word <laughs> yeah. of a lie. Well, part of it was, I didn't want to punish you because yeah. you're doing a, a, that's a nice offer. Mm-hmm. I can make you do anything on assignment. I could have made you do horror sequels or like, I don't know. Bad movies, like that would be no one would really volunteer to dive on that grenade. Mm. But this is both an episode that I don't think anyone would jump to volunteer to do, mm. and is really the complete opposite of the typical kind of material that you and I talk about. Yep. And for that reason alone, I thought it would be an interesting exercise. <laughs> <laughs> 
the last episode you and I recorded, which through the, the timeline and continuity of you and I was only last night, yep. was on the subject of a nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Today we have six movies about talking animals directed at children. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's a different episode of Rank and Review. So having been able to watch your Rank and Review movies for the first time ever with your daughter, yep. I guess my opening question to you would be, are you still okay with that? Do you resent me putting this assignment to you? Do you wish that you hadn't said, Larry, you pick the next one? No, it was it was an interesting idea. I, I did feel guilty because, yes, I was pushing and pushing, and you were like, yeah, I can see the frustration boiling on your face. So when I, I, I said, you know, you get to pick the next one, I fully was expecting a horror uh, episode, but was pleasantly surprised by the choice and it was awesome it was awesome sitting down and spending time with my daughter watching these movies um just seeing her you know go through the gambit of emotions to like being totally in love to being utterly terrified like jumping you know off the bed and around the corner to always inquisitive always inquisitive oh no she wants to know who's who is that is he the bad guy yeah Who's he? Yeah. What are they doing? Tell me now. We don't yep. want to wait to watch the movie to find that out. We yep. need to know everything. My yep. boys were exactly the same way yep. when they were that age. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but it, it, it's fun taking your child to the movies. Yeah. I, uh, the podcast, you know, I always say horror, fantasy, science fiction. Yeah. Most children's animated movies are, I guess, essentially fantasy films when you get down to it. Yep. They are, five out of six of these movies are animated, and uh, anything good or bad I'll say about it, for the most part, the animation is impressive, at least considering the time that they came out with, yep. the respective of all of their releases and whatnot. <clears throat> so, like, there's a visual spectacle to it, and this also this weirdness, and I think maybe it's because I've watched so many movies with my kids, mm-hmm. but... A lot of times I don't get deeply emotionally affected by, like, horror movies, you know? I, I, I'm, I've got this layer of separation. Sometimes I get sucker punched by kids' movies. I have feelings while yep. I'm watching a kids' movie with my boys. Yeah. And, and it's strange, because usually I feel like I have hard bark on me. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm kind of moved by this talking animal picture. Yep. And I'm not even talking Pixar or classic Disney, you know? Something schmaltzy, something that is designed for the kids somehow sideswipes me. And I kind of am curious about what that is. Um, so, Well, I think some stories are universal. Um, whether it's done in the anime or live action, it, it just gets you in the feels because we're all human in some sort of way. I was a puddle of mess with Coco. Oh yeah, that Disney movie because um, it's a father daughter story essentially. Oh no, um, Up has sent a lot of yeah, people yeah. <laughs> into deep, 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 deep sadness. Yep. Um, yep. Wally's brilliant. I love Wally. Uh, yeah, the Pixar is particularly good at it. You're right to sort of single him out. Yeah. All Anyways. the toys holding hands before they face the furnace. Yeah. Or like gets kind of heavy. <laughs> yep. No, Wally is 
it's a dark science fiction in some other ways, but we're not here to talk about Wally. Now, Pixar will be a, a conversation maybe for another day. It's yeah. not particularly suited for Yep. Yeah. But anyways, I wanted to say thank you for this idea. This idea was awesome, sitting down, spending time with my child as we, like, sit and dissect. And I, I also want to say how I rank these movies um, is going to... I'm, I'm going to factor in also my daughter. Right. Like, there's some movies that... I would love that would probably rank higher, but Maya really dug them, so her enjoyment factor play into the ranking of these movies. Oh, never mistake the fact that your children's pleasure cannot enhance your own. Yeah, um, I've been doing this long, sort of series of Marvel episodes with Sky, and I reviewed unfavorably Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. But strangely enough, shortly after I did that podcast, my son Tristan specifically requested that he wanted to watch Ultron. Mm-hmm. And he very rarely specifically requests that he wants to watch anything, yeah. so okay. And I really enjoyed watching it with him because he thought it was amazing and it made it better for me. So yeah, the, the rank might be skewed. This is kind of an out there episode, an experimental episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, a while ago you and I did a uh, a horror director masterclass episode <laughs> where all of the movies were not so great and we you know it was sort of an offbeat episode and uh, yeah. I don't know if if rank and review is a band maybe this episode is a b-side but I appreciate b-sides <laughs> so I, I love I love the music reference I like it I like it also before we get started Probably the most star-studded podcast ever. Yeah, yeah. End of sentence. We've got yeah, like we said, we've got some Academy Award or Academy Award-winning talent in, in in this pool here. Mel Gibson, Gene Hackman. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Johnny Depp, of course. Christopher Woody, Walken. Bruce Willis, Nick Nolte. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges, like. Yep. The voice talents. Queen Latifah. Well, of course. How could we have forgotten Queen Latifah? I know. It's just interesting the sick talent that they have to do the voices for these. When I was a kid, like, it didn't even seem... Not only did they have, like, real named actors doing the animated voices, but a lot of times it just didn't... It seemed dispassionate. It seemed like nobody was taking it seriously. You get some real performances out of these, the you know. Oh, I think, like, the right actor. And, like, it must be an amazing gig just doing the voice. Because you don't have to like dress up and make it, mark a makeup, whatever. You can come in sweats, and just you sort can have of... James Woods in your movie, but nobody has to look at James Woods. <laughs> Ouch, man! Ouch! Right in the feelings. Respect the James, <laughs> man. It. Respect the James. He deserves all of it and more. Oh, wow! <laughs> Great actor, crappy human. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway. And you note, okay, sorry. Yeah, I don't know him personally. Yeah. Maybe he can win me back. Uh, Digstown forever. There you go. <laughs> uh, usually at this point, I would say a couple of things like, uh, there's going to be spoilers for the movies we talk about, which I guess there may be, and there's going to be coarse language. I guess there may be. Yeah. <laughs> They're kids' movies. I hope I don't get too fucking excited about <laughs> it. You know, throw things off the rack. Um and then what I would usually do is list off the movies that we're going to review for the episode. Okay. But instead, I think we're going to have a special guest do that bit of business for us. Okay. Before that happens, is there anything else you'd like to say before we start this edition of Rank and Review? Uh, thanks for being here and uh, bringing on. Always good to have you, brother. Okay, so we have a special guest <laughs> for Rank and Review to do this introduction for me. Because... 
Maya, me and your dad are going to talk about these six movies, but I hear that you watched all of them with your dad. Well, mostly not all of them. But lots. Yes, all yeah. of them. Wait, you know we need more. Okay. And I think you said that this one was your favorite, and it's called Over... Over the Heads. And what's, what's that one about? It's about stealing food about humans. Yeah, a raccoon and his friends need to steal some food to pay back a mean well, old bear. Well, where's raccoon? There he is, right there. Uh, over the heads. Um, well, over the heads, humans attack... Th- these humans, they attack... They're trying to save, protect their house from these animals who are trying, trying to steal the food. They're trying to protect their home. Yeah. So it's weird to say that they're the bad guys, but in this story, they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this guy... Yeah, the raccoon. The raccoon, he was trying to find food. Because he haven't had food. But then he saw a cave with so much food, but there was a bear hogging it. And then the bear woke up till he stole the chips out of the hand. And then the bear saw when he took all those food he saw. And then when they were chatting too much, it fall off the cliff. And then maybe a car went over the food. Yep. It's a funny show. All right. And, and then you, we, we watched one, you and I, just today, right? And it's called Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that one? It was okay. Mr. Todd was a bit out of hand. Yeah, he was kind of a little... He's got a bit of a he personality. He acts like a baby. <laughs> Very good. And this one was fun, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, because I watched it with you, and we were cuddling on the couch while we watched that. <laughs> And Mr. Toad was kind of a jerk, right? He was kind of a jerk. He did, like, sell cards and he rides cars. Yeah. He's friendly but not very smart. And here's another one that I know you like a lot. Do you know what this one's called? Chicken Run. Chicken Run. (laughs) It's about chickens trying to escape. This is my favorite chicken. Yeah? The Scottish Chicken. You like her? I heard you really like this one. Oh, you know chicken. what's funny to me about Chicken Run? What? All chicken. the chicken have teeth. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of weird? Have you I'm ever seen chicken with teeth before? Not really. And yet it's like their identifying characteristic Yeah, in but this, this movie. is like a movie. <laughs> it's yeah. a very good movie. About, I want to say something about Chicken Run. Do it. Well, Chicken Run is a bit out of hand. This guy is a rooster. He's He was telling... The, he flied, but he just got shot out of cannon. That was a lie. He was fibbing, yeah. And we're going to talk about uh, one about surfing penguins. You know what it's called? Surf's Up. Did you watch that one with your dad? Yeah, but I kind of went a little light out. <laughs> yeah, you fell asleep maybe a little bit? Yeah. Well, that happens. Surf's Up. He liked... Uh, I don't think the character is on here on the page, but he liked a super dude that is super good at waves. She's a protector of him. That's right. And yeah. this is his buddy. The, the, I don't know if this is a bad guy, this guy. There's kind of a mean penguin in it, too, and he's got a funny rooster who also likes to surf and says, Yeah, dude! And we got this one about ants, and you know what it's called? Ants. Oh, perfect. You nailed it. Did you remember any thoughts about that one? Was this the one you said was maybe a little bit scary? Yeah, when the monsters were coming down the hill, that was a bit scary. But you're a very brave girl, aren't you? (laughs) Well, now I think I can handle it because I'm a bit older now. Right, right. 
Well, ants is another one we're going to talk about. And ant. Ants, he tells about stories about him, what, like, happened, and then... Yeah, and there's that sort of theme about uh, being what you want to be instead of what people tell you to be a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- here's the, the sixth of the six movies that your dad and I are going to talk about this week. They're all child-friendly movies, which is not the typical thing that Mr. Beckman and Mr. Parsons talk about on Rank and Review, is it? What's this one called? Um, Rango. What do you think of Rango? Well, Rango, Rango of the character, like Rango of the character, um, he, he lied about everything in the movie, but then he come back and said he's sorry about everything. And then he brought the water back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it goes from a dry place to a not very dry place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He used to be in a wet cage, but then when the the crash come of the car crash, he uh, fell out, and then he was super, super dry. He wanted water. Yeah. I think this is an interesting one, because you know what? I think all the animals in it, they look kind of... kind of Thirsty. They look all dried up and scaly and kind of not nasty, right? And, be- and then when the wrangle of Chief there... Um, he was the first one, and I think when the tap came, I think that was a bit too much of the mud. Too much of the mud? Right. Rango has a family, but he used to, but now he doesn't. That's right. And then he sort of finds a new family. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. So those are the six movies. Is there anything that you want to say about any of these movies, or anything you want to say to the listeners of my podcast? Well... My dollies do. Your dollies do? What do your dollies want to say? I like being here. Oh, I like that you're here too, sweetheart. Thank you so much for doing the introduction for us. That's perfect. You've done an absolutely excellent job. High five. We love Maya. Seven years old. Sharp as a tack. <sighs> Thank you so much for being on Rank and Review. Is there anything you want to say to the people of the internet? Thank you for having me. You're welcome, sweetheart. Fly. This summer... Great. Rocky! A coming! From the Academy Award-winning creators of Wallace and Gromit. Rocky! Up and down! Before you can say mixed vegetables! Dare to dream. It's a better place out there. And get ready to fly. event of an emergency, put your head between your knees and kiss your bum goodbye. Chicken run. I mustn't panic. We mustn't panic. Chicken run, directed by Peter Lord and Nick Park. You. And this studio specializes in stop motion Mm. animation. And they consistently do beautiful work. Consistently high quality work. I will, I like it. I will, I will go to the mat for them every single time. Yep. Chicken Run is their success story. Yep. <laughs> like, they keep making movies, but for some reason, they, they become beloved films, eventually, but nobody lines up for them. It also had the poor timing of coming out in 1999. And, like, 1999 was an appallingly good year for cinema. And, like, this movie counts as one. Also, The Iron Giant came out <laughs> like yeah. it's 
like if you just made an okay movie in 1999, you were fucked. Like you needed to make an amazing movie to win place or show. Yep. yep. The stars aligned. I think Chicken Run, as far as like a kids movie, is an amazing movie because it's it was a huge hit. It absolutely was. entertaining for kids, absolutely entertaining for adults. Yep. And it's one of those things where they making references to classic movies like The Great Escape, but you don't have to have seen The Great Escape to appreciate the movie. Yeah. It's funny for the kids because the chicken's trying to escape. Yeah. It's funny for the adults because that's kind of a dark reference to solitary confinement. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and. Yeah, it's very charming, it's very British, and yep. in the center of it we have one of, I have to say, my career favorite roles from Mr. Mel Gibson. <laughs> All right. All right. My love is large for Chicken Run, yep. that's where I start. <laughs> it's it's kind of sad, no. Um, whenever I think of Chicken Run now, uh, I think of, I think about ten years later, the studio had a fire, and it burnt down. And all the sets from that, uh, uh, well, from Chicken Run and the Were Rabbit movie. Oh, no. All, Gromit, all gone. All gone. So when I look at this movie now, just a little bit of pain of sadness just comes in because this, it took three and a half years just to make this movie. Yeah. I think some people don't realize how difficult it is, is where they, everything is clay you see in this. Everything is clay. And frame by frame, you know, they take a picture, move one thing of whatever, you know, clay figurine or whatever needs to be moved. They move it then, take the picture, like just the monotony of this. And how complicated something. So when you're watching the movie, it all yeah. washes over you. But when you're getting into the climactic sequences and you've got like 12 chickens yeah. operating this huge, you know, yeah. plane to escape the and like... All of the chaos and the action sequence that's happening. Yeah. And when you think about it, everything that you see is handmade, yeah. hand-built, yeah. and moved a frame at a time. Yeah. Now, I think they go 12 to 15 frames instead of the typical 24 frames per second for stop motion. Yeah. I'm going to give them a pass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's amazingly executed. Yeah. Uh, and and very charming and warm too. <laughs> yeah, and even the sort of adult jokes, like they're not dirty or they're not. They don't cater to just the ad like adult mind. Like it's yeah. like you said, it's a very very charming movie. Yeah. So there's a very strictly guarded chicken coop in yep. Mrs. McTweedy's farm. And she's, at the beginning of the movie, largely a poultry egg farmer, but she's frustrated at the rate of return from her chickens. Yep. And she hatches a new plan that she's going to get Mr. Tweedy to put together this huge, elaborate mincing machine to turn all of her chickens into pie. Yep. And instead of just being enslaved to lay eggs for a living their entire lives, now all of a sudden a clock has been put on the lives of the chickens in this farm. Yep. So Ginger, the most spirited of the chickens, sort of the leader, heart of the group, uh, is trying repeatedly to get them out and not having very much success. But hope is ignited in the visage of a cocky American rooster yep. who comes literally flying into their lives. Yep. They see him soaring through the skies and think if this guy can fly, he can teach us to fly. Yep. We can get out of here. Yeah. It's got a broken wind, they gotta fix him, and then they he can solve their problem. 
That's basically the premise of the movie. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> it's it's the that's like my game. review of the movie. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. Yes, <laughs> that's your new catchphrase. It's lovely. Uh, no, it's it's the great great escape done with well, done with clay. I I, I love it. Yeah, even with a little bit of sort of British wit. Um, I love the two rats. The oh yeah, great supporting man. characters. Yeah. They, they're constantly trying to get eggs off the chickens. Yeah. And since that's how they keep themselves alive, it's established if you don't lay enough eggs, yeah. you end up on the dinner table. Yeah, this movie starts off kind there of... There is darkness there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, so they're unwilling to get the eggs. It's a big win for the rats about two-thirds of the way through the movie yeah. when the chickens have to make their Hail Mary pass and they start agreeing to give eggs to these rats. Yeah. <laughs> Again, there's some darkness yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I also love the villains in this movie. <laughs> Mr. Tweety has got this sort of charming subplot where he knows that the chickens are, quote, organized. <laughs> <laughs> and he's even got it figured out that Ginger's in charge. Yeah. But of course, his evil wife will have none of this. Yeah. He and, is uh, so codependent. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, they're all, they're doing all that they can to, like, make every character as rich and fully developed as possible. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to pause it. Maya? Uh-huh. Like, every single character is a design, no matter how big or small the character. Yeah. Even, like, some of the background chickens who have two or three lines seem fully realized and mapped out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it's not one of these callous, like, for lack of a better word, emoji or angry bird movies. Yeah. Where... What's a product that we can cram down kids for? I yeah. They're not. It's trying, a fable in a lot of ways. They're not trying to sell chicken run action figures or anything yeah. like yeah. this. Yeah. It's ba- and the, the the message of the movie is simple: work together. If you don't like the situation you're in, do what you can to try to change it. Yeah. Um, perseverance. Ginger gets thrown into the hole again and, and, and again, again and again. It's a running thing, and every time she comes back with more fight. <laughs> she sacrifices a lot for the greater good. Yeah, uh, it sounded like I was maybe being taking a, a pot shot at Mel Gibson. What was that? That was Marley. He wanted in. Oh, I see. Yeah. It sounded like I was taking a pot shot at Mel Gibson before when I said it's one of my favorite performances of his, but I'm actually not kidding. He's very charming in the movie, and like uh, once he comes in, he sort of takes over the coop. And he is, there's one other rooster in the coop, and he's this old military dude, another great character. Yeah. But all of the chickens are both, like, they need him as a way to get out. Yeah. And they're in love with him because in, you know, chicken world, he's Mel Gibson. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, there's also the like sort of controlling and mitigating that. The like the the balance of power has been shifting. Ginger has been in charge for a long time. Yep. And um he's not willing to listen to her a lot, but she's also not super willing to listen to him. Yeah. But in Ginger's defense, he is full of crap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. I am I I'm totally on team Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> The, the biggest thing that he sort of brings to the table is that, you know, yeah, everyone's got to, like, loosen up, and, you know, uh, yeah, no, I'm Team Ginger. Yeah. Well, I'm just here for all those sweet English chicks, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. 
So yeah, they, the, these guys have done lots of movies. They, 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 like you said, the Wallace and Gromit and the Were Rabbit movie, which yep. is also very charming, didn't make yep. any money. That pirate movie, which was very charming and didn't make any money, and yeah. like it's just it's been it's been unfortunate. And now ten years later, apparently, they're making a sequel to Chicken Run. <laughs> and I hope it's another success for them. Although I, I, I wonder. I, think I wonder. Time has passed. Chicken, Chicken Run is a movie of kind of our generation. You know that it came out like when we were in our twenties. Yeah. Well, and it is interesting because it was a kid movie that I saw before I had kids. I don't know what drew me to Chicken Run, but I did see that movie. I think we were fans of Wallace just the and style Ronald's of animation and Park and them. Yeah. And yeah, if you anybody's this is reaching anyone's ears and they haven't heard or seen any Wallace and Gromit, check yeah. it out. I'm not saying stop what you're doing because listening to Rankin Review is a good use of your time. Yes, but definitely check out Wallace and Gromit. But, it's so pleasing. But this is why we're here. Yeah, that's this right. is why we're here. This is what the podcast exists. If you haven't seen this, go check it out. And uh, not for nothing, but it would make an interesting double feature with The Great Escape. It's not beat for beat The Great Escape, no. but there's lots of like very specific, winky sort of references to those sort of wartime escape movies. And uh, again, that will fly well over the heads of <laughs> the kids. But yeah, what we're saying is like Chicken Run is awesome. Yeah. I, to be perfectly honest, I think I've seen Chicken Run so many times that I don't know how many times I've seen it. It now joins sort of an elusive club of like Big Trouble in Little China, Jaws, Ghostbusters. Oh wow! Well, I just you've seen it a lot. I saw it a lot. I think I saw it a lot in the theaters. I was working at the theater at the time, so. Yeah. But I, I remember going to, to to the Pacific Cinemas to go and see it, just because I was a huge fan and was not disappointed. So, Chicken Run is awesome. Um, I will say this, uh, my my thought. For the first time, and it, it took a little bit for her to get into, but once she was in, she was hooked. Yeah. And for like three days after that, it was Chicken Run all the time. Nice. Yeah. Even even looking at the pot, she's like Chicken Run. <laughs> it's funny. What's the sort of um, not so smart chicken? Who was that? Oh, Miranda Richardson. I don't remember the character of the chicken, but the I don't want to the be a pie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She was um, beautiful. She just constantly just knitting and yep. you know spitting eggs, <laughs> yep. and uh, yeah, she just has these like quietly brilliant lines. Yeah, my whole life flashed before my eyes. It was really boring. boring. Yeah. <laughs> And kudos for making Mrs. Tweety just a little bit scary. You oh, know, like she's crazy. Yeah, like just Mr. Tweety is kind of charming. Like yeah. I get the feeling like you could hang out with him, Miss yeah. Tweety. There's no talking to no, that. No, no. <laughs> Something. Somebody heard her really bad, really young, and she, I don't think she's experienced joy for a long, long time. But even the final fight where they're like flying through the air of that sort of made-up airplane, and she's hanging on and she has this uh, psychotic I'm gonna kill you look she is a terrifying villain yep and um I did want to mention the chicken's teeth you know like all yeah. of the chickens have teeth and it's sort of a strange thing because chickens don't have teeth and it's just uh part of their animation style yep the way of giving expression they did these short films creature comforts about animals in the zoos being interviewed documentary style but it's all the same stop motion mm -hmm. and they have these same big glaring teeth yep. and it's interesting to me because counterintuitive to the design of chickens but like 
usually it's the eyes that are the most expressive thing through animation, like the eyes. But you really stare at their the teeth. Of the jaw. But there is something about the teeth for some reason that helps the expressiveness of these things. And it's almost like a trademark of this sort of company. I wonder if it has to do with like the pronunciation of words. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just I like it. It's just, it's strange. It's, it's just strange. a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. Uh, anything else you want to say about Chicken Look, Run? Look, man, like, we, Chicken Run is awesome. I don't know what else, else I can say. Um, most people I know that in Trust and Love have seen Chicken Run. They love Chicken Run. It's Chicken Run. There's nothing not to love here. <laughs> I feel like chicken tonight. Like chicken tonight. Doesn't it make you feel guilty for eating chicken, though? <laughs> no. What if you're eating uh, ginger? <laughs> Ginger. Because ginger tasted good. <laughs> Deep fried ginger meat. He's going to die. Ow! <laughs> what was that for? You're a stranger. Strangers don't last long here. Gore Verbinski is an interesting dude. Yep. He, he uh, of course, did the remake of The Ring and had great success with that. And then almost 10 years of his life got eaten up by the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, which, I mean, they are what they are, but I think his talent could be used in better places. Yep. He made an absolutely wonderful children's movie before this called Mouse Hunt. Mm. I am so on board with Mouse Hunt. Like, I can watch that movie by myself to cheer myself up. I don't need to, like a kid around as an excuse to watch it. Yep. And much as I was like uh, excited by the idea of Gore Verbinski returning to the horror genre when he made A Cure for Wellness, yep. I was kind of excited with the idea of him returning to a children's film with Rango because... Like I said, I really liked Mouse Hunt. And I loved the darkness in the movie. Like, yep. that was one of those kids' movies that almost overtipped that they were over-serving to the parents and yep. under-serving to the kids. Yeah, I think that's one of those movies that a lot of times the parents came out happier than the kids did. <laughs> yeah. But I think that might be the same case for Rango. I mean, uh, talking to your daughter about it, she's really on board. But this movie has a Western aesthetic, yeah. and it's got this sun-baked ugliness to it. Yeah. And the character designs, as much as they are authentic and brilliantly animated, yeah. are really ugly and off-putting. And yeah. like even the good guys look gross. Mm. And um, I like Gore Verbinski. You know, is not talking down to kids. Absolutely, but no. I have to say, as I was watching this time for the podcast. And this is not necessarily a complaint overall, because I do enjoy the movie, watching it a lot. Yeah. Is this a kid's movie? Hmm. Yes and no. It's like maybe in just enough of a kid's movie? Yeah. So what, what, what are you saying makes it not a kid's movie, then? Well, first off, the Western aesthetic is super dark, yeah. and this, you know, corrupt... Uh, government or, or political system that controls yeah. the water and you know is is keeping everybody in abject misery and yeah. pretending that everybody should be ingratiated to them. Uh, these are adult themes. This is Chinatown, right? Yeah. This is a Western Chinatown. That's and right. There are a lot of homages. No kids are going to get that. And or the apocalypse even if they now homage. Yeah. That's right. No kids are going to get that. And even if they did, uh, like. 
why would you make an Apocalypse Now reference in yeah. a kid's movie, right? Yeah. Um, the idea is is that you, you sneak him in. And this movie's not sneaking him in no. at all. No. I, I dig that, but would the kids dig that? I guess what I'm saying is, like, I like Rango, but yeah. I, I don't know that everyone's kids would. Uh, this is like almost like either a stoner movie or like a movie for people who just appreciate amazing animation. Yeah. Because that's what I can really 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 sing the praises of i love the design of the movie i love the look of the movie but i almost feel like they might have been better served although nobody would have bankrolled them to just embrace it and just say maybe this is an animated movie for an adult audience (laughs) i mean they're making hunter s thompson references (laughs) overt hunter s thompson references again no kid that's not for the kids you got johnny depp and you get the feeling that he wants to make this thing as edgy as possible so maybe lean into that yeah. Right. Uh, and you know, it's still the darkness. A lot of the other movies we'll talk about will have darkness, but Johnny Depp has a long conversation with essentially roadkill. Yep. <laughs> yep. And the movie just has a craziness, almost yep. a madness to it, that yep. I think is more appreciated by older audiences. That's the, where I start. The pirate so, films yeah. actually kind of skirted that line a little bit once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, not as good as Rango, like, with the exception of maybe the first one, but. I, I kind of even remembered how the second one started with a massive hanging. Yeah. Uh, and even, even for a kid, I thought, this is dark for a family-oriented action epic. So, yeah. But I feel like Caribbean, parts of the Caribbean franchise is one of those blockbusters that's aimed as a widest web of an audience as possible. It's one of those everybody movies. Yeah. And Rango, at least in its marketing, seemed like a family movie. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. I do uh, think it overstates its welcome as well a little bit. The third act, to me, started to drag, and that's when Maya started to pace around the room as well. Yeah, the extended edition that I have is 111 minutes, yeah. and the theatrical version that most of the kids would have seen is 107 minutes. So that's most most kids' movies are 80 to 90 minutes, and yeah. there's a reason for that. Yeah. Attention span. attention span, patience, yes. just generally, um, you're right, I think, again. And that's because they're married to the Western structure. Yeah. You know? uh, the, the plot is Rango is being moved. He's this exotic lizard in a cage. He's being moved from one place to another, but uh, there's a little accident on the roadway. Their car hits an aardvark, <laughs> yeah. and he gets thrown free. And his home is destroyed, and this eccentric lizard that spent his entire life basically up until now making up you know this imaginary world and imaginary friends with all the props amazing theater director yeah Yeah. um is thrown into the wild west the middle of this desert yeah and he finds a community and he you know meets a i guess cute reptile girl yeah but again like there are very real really scary awful dangers around every corner and they they look nasty. Yep. Like the, everything, everything out there is trying to kill you. The sun's trying to kill you. All of the buildings look like a gust of wind could knock them over. Hawks trying to kill you. Yeah, yeah. The hawk sequence is really good. Yep. And of course, as we were going to say before, amazing vo- voice talent all the way across here. Uh, Isla Fisher, uh, Abigail Breslin, Alfred Molino, Bill Nye, yep. Harry Dean Stanton, Ray Winstone, Timothy Oliphant, and of course Johnny Depp re- leading the cast. <clears throat> Gorovinsky yeah. loves the Western aesthetic. You can tell that he's in there. And again, much like Chicken Run, throwing those references out. I, I'm sounding like I'm being negative on the movie. I'm not necessarily negative on the movie. I'm just saying, who's it for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
I think kids with longer attention spans and a little more culture, to be perfectly honest, just because there are lots of references to older movies that, you know, four-year-olds and, and up would know. But once again, yeah. Um, as well, the jokes sometimes were few and far apart. There were long stretches where it was either narrative, and I think, once again, this is where it sort of lost my a little bit. I mean, we love the bar scene where he comes in and... Uh, yeah, Makes up his rich history for himself. Yeah, yeah, and has that alcohol breath. I don't know, it's a Warner Brothers, it's a classic Warner Brothers Bit. little riff with, with Yosemite Sam and whatnot. Anyways, stuff like that, but... Um, yeah, I don't know, and I and I feel like once again I like Rango. I'm not trying to give the impression that I don't like it, but ultimately where I sort of land land with it is it, it sort of overstays its welcome a little bit, and that's a problem that Gore, Gore Vibinski does have, right. whether it be the Pirates movie or that awful Lone Ranger movie or excess. Yes. Yeah. When his movies are lean, um, they tend to be. Um, a little more uh, entertaining. It's, he he wants to give you everything, and yeah. that's sort of you're right. Both the, the good and the bad. Like the cure for wellness, I think. It's two and a half hours long. Like you probably could have taken a half an hour out of that. Yeah. I still really like the movie. Love it, but like, yeah. But he wants it to be, and and I I respect that. It's very much a Gore Verbinski joint in yeah. that matter. And it's interesting. The same guy who made The Ring. And who made the cure for wellness can yeah. do something as out there as Rango. I love his sort of cartoonish comic book sensibilities, though. Like, with the exception of his horror movies, they all have this sort of Looney Tunish, over the top logic to them. Uh, whether it be even like the Mexican, which, which is not as good, it's a sort of oh yeah, I forgot about that movie. Ridiculous sort of you know romance action fable. There's always just a lightness to it, cartoonish. Where the violence, you know, people will, will sort of bang their head and off they go. Right. Uh, and that, but that's Verbinski for me. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about the comedy. I think one of the issues you're right. The comedy doesn't come organically out of the situation because there's nothing funny about it. These animals yeah. are dying in the summer heat, and there's mm -hmm. people exploiting them and trying to control the water and blah blah blah. So it's just the Rango character who's allowed to be light because he's new to this environment. He's the quote lizard out of water. Yeah. So both his observations and just his weird quirkiness of character. It's also a good use of Johnny Depp. One of my yeah. complaints about Johnny Depp um, in in I guess maybe the last. 10 or so maybe some more years of his career yeah increasingly he starts overusing quirk yeah instead of like you know getting inside the mind of the character and really disappearing into the character which he can sometimes do he'll like i'll, I'll add this affectation or i want him to wear this ridiculous outfit or mm -hmm. he's cockeyed and he gets distracted by some sort of little affectation mm -hmm. and that becomes sort of his into the character. Mm -hmm. So it becomes this weird, kitschy Johnny Depp performance. Well, you can definitely tell it's Johnny Depp voicing this little lizard, but yeah. it lets him absolutely go full bore with all of these little ticks and hums yeah. that he loves to include. And they belong here. Yep. The ticks and hums are welcomed here because Rango is the one guy who's making this dreary thing kind of fun for us. <laughs> yep. When Johnny Depp shows up, he shows up. Yep. And it's awesome to see. Even if the rest of the movie's not that great. Yeah, like, well, that was, people that were hard on Black Mass. But yeah. Black Mass was a so-so movie, but Johnny Depp was fucking good. Yeah, it? yeah. That, that, that's probably like the last time where I was like, 
Welcome back, Johnny. <laughs> right. Um, I agree with you that he, you know, especially with when he's working with Tim Burton of late, yeah. uh, he does fall into that. Let's let's see how oddly strange I can go and yeah. not get reined back. Yeah. So, no, Johnny. And you don't have to rein him in when you're a cartoon character. Yeah. And you can have the animators sort of accent those ticks and hums. Yeah. So that is a good thing. Um, I, I thought it was also an interesting thing that they worked in some of the actual affects of the creatures. At one point when Rango dries up, he, he loses a layer of skin. It gets baked off. Yeah. And then right away another layer gets yeah. baked off. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the Isla Fisher character has this uh, defense mechanism that freezes her. It's almost like narcolepsy. In yeah, some well, sort of way. yeah, she'll just freeze solid all of a sudden. Yeah. Just hit pause, and everybody around her just has to wait for a few seconds for her to come back. Yeah. And she's super sensitive and hung up about it. Like, it's this yeah. flaw that she really doesn't like. And yeah. I don't know, I thought that was a nice, again, use of character and, like, fitting in an affectation. I've never seen it before. So. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's again mostly positive things I'm saying here, yeah, yeah. and the fact that it's not so much a kids movie is is fine, but yeah. um, again I think it might hurt your. I reviewed the Where the Wild Things Are, which I think is a wonderful movie, but not a kids movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. this is not quite to that level. Yeah. Like I think a kid would much more get something out of Rango than they would out of Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah. But it, it's it's sort of that line. I think it might be more for the parents than yeah. for the kids. Yeah. Good enough? Good enough. Z was just another face in the crowd until the day she came into his life. Hi. Want to dance? Absolutely. What on earth are you doing? You know, why does everybody have to dance the same way? You know, that's completely boring. It's no fun. Princess Bala, the guards are coming! You're a princess. When can I see you again? Mm, never. Bye. No, wait. Weaver, you gotta switch places with me. This is the only way I can see Princess Bala. Oh, boy. Princess Bala! Princess Bala! Hey, it's me! Right, first! We received word that the termite enemy has mobilized. This guy's crazy. I am proud to send you into battle. I'm, so, I'm sorry, into battle? Now, destiny will make him a hero. One soldier did make it back. You're the guy from the bar. A worker danced with my fiance. Arrest him. Hey, wait a minute. Let go of me. And it will take him on an adventure <laughs> beyond his wildest dreams. So he kills himself a hundred termites. Then bada bing, bada bip, bags himself the princess. I can't believe you tried to pass yourself off as a soldier. The trick is not to panic. Ants. This is uh, one of the big DreamWorks tent poles when DreamWorks was sort of trying to be a real player and competitor both in, in all of the markets really simultaneously. There's a lot of things that are weird about Ants. Like, it, it was another one of these times where two studios were making essentially the same movie at the they same time. They were battling it out. Yeah. yeah, so A Bug's Life and Ants were going to come out within a few months of each other, much like they did the two meteorite movies that one summer or the two volcano movies Disney that one summer. Disney and DreamWorks, bring it on. Yeah, so... Um, I kind of feel like both parties both win and lose in that like they're always going to be tied together like the good and the bad aspects of it mm -hmm. but it always it seems strange when that happens it's mm -hmm. just like why 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 does there have to be two of the same movies being released by two different studios right now there, is, are there no other stories that need to be told mm -hmm. that's strange in of itself but stranger still is whoever had the idea that you know who would be a great person to center a movie for kids 
Woody Allen. Because that's the kind of thing that kids really appreciate, right? Woody Allen as an action hero. Dry, acerbic, stumbling, stuttery, neurotic, New York, you know, yeah. nebbish humor. That's the thing that's going to really bring in the kids? Yeah. Question mark, dot, dot, dot? <laughs> yep. Well, upon watching the movie, yes and no. I mean, I think it works a lot more than you'd think it would mm. and if you go into the movie like as most kids would not giving a shit who Woody yeah, Allen is, is yeah then that's it, it, it it's fine you know he does just seem kind of nervous and a little bit more affected than a lot of the other ants and yeah he was born to be a digger and he doesn't like the idea that he was born to be a digger and I, uh, yeah yeah I love the individualism theme throughout this movie very very strong yeah um and like again they must have thrown some money around yep gene hackman at this point in his career like he doesn't have to do any movie yeah <laughs> you no. know and yeah. like yeah do you want to do you want to play a villain in a talking bug movie no i probably don't <laughs> well what if we give you a dump truck full of money <laughs> but like uh christopher walken yeah. sylvester stallone i know it's who... supporting who quite honestly kind of steals the movie for me. And I can't always say that of Sylvester Stallone. Um, and pushing the boundaries a little bit, like uh, Maya was scared by the whole uh, war sequence. The termites, yep. Termites versus ants. And uh, it does get a little bit ugly and it gets a little bit real. And they push the... I remember, I think one point, the... Stallone character says, what are you bitching about? And yeah. we're not used to hearing even bitch in yeah. a kid's movie. Yeah. Uh, um, it's not a, it's not a huge swear, but it's still, they were pushing things. Yep. Like our main character has a conversation with Danny Glover's severed head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, so, it's very Shakespearean, almost Raimi-ish in a lot of ways. And I will say this maybe as a complaint now. I think that some of the animation is starting to look dated okay. 20 years later. Sure. Which I guess we should expect. Mm -hmm. But uh, Pixar had kicked down the door for animation midway through the 90s. It's like computer animations for feature films. Yep. And this is when they were starting to find their, their, their stride. Yep. Even bad computer animated movies were making stupid amounts of money and the shrek yeah. movies were making stupid amounts of money and yeah this is a very different movie than a bug's life and it was trying to do different things and for that i respect it yeah i also expect uh, i also suspect not expect i suspect that much like i was saying with rango yeah the appeal in this movie might be as much or more for adults than it is for children but it works more the which is funny. Yeah. The pace of this movie is quick, even for the story beats. So that was the one thing I was going to say. As much as I was sort of complaining that there was too many quote-unquote adult jokes in Rango, right. and that's what kind of weighs it down, I, it's the opposite for Ants. I love the fact that it can play in both worlds. The movie starts where this our lead character has this identity crisis, for goodness sake. Yeah. Uh, you know, kids have no concept of that. But Maya was glued the entire time. And yes, that termite sequence freaked her the out, man. Yeah, he, uh, so our main character, the Woody Allen character, sort yeah. of switches places yeah. with his buddy, Sylvester Stallone, who's a, a warrior. Yep. Yeah. 
And so Stallone gets to be a, a digger for the day, and he loves digging. Yeah. And, you know, Woody Allen gets to see what it's like on the other side. Yeah. Unfortunately, they pick a real bad day to do <laughs> yeah. that, and he ends up in the thick of it. And, of course, uh, it doesn't play out well. Most of uh, Almost all the entire army is destroyed in this battle. And um, he finds out that the leader of their colony, Gene Hackman, is planning to break off from the colony and start his own. Mm. And... Um, this is not good for the bulk of everyone else. It's going to be genocide. He has to sort of, first of all, get everyone to listen to him and believe him and uh, raise above his station to change things. No little normal ant gets to go come from being a digger to running the show. That doesn't happen Mm -hmm. until now. (laughs) No, um... You, you said exactly. I'm trying to think. You, you haven't mentioned Jennifer Lopez at all yet, right? Yeah, sort of a love interest for um, the Stallone character. Yeah, I believe it's Sharon Stone. Yeah, Sharon the, Stone is the, the queen, the queen yes. who the wants to see how the other half lives and uh, is taught to dance by the. That is interesting. Like the the Woody Allen sort of nervous. Ooh, please don't 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 hurt my feelings. Oh god, I'm so oof. I don't know oof. That his big thing is dancing, the the happy feet sort of plot of this is a he doesn't strike me as a dancer. No, <laughs> you know? I'm just surprised they got Woody Allen. Cause but I mean, he's... it could have been anything. He could have been a musician, or he could have been a poet, or he could have been like dancer. Seems like a weird choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, thank God it's an animated ant. Yeah. Because if it was really Woody Allen trying to dance and charm Sharon Stone, I would be grossed the fuck out. I don't even <laughs> mind saying it. I don't even mind saying it. I just yeah. don't like watching Woody Allen making out with women who are third his age. It just grosses me out every time. <laughs> so what you're saying what we're doing next is <laughs> a Woody Allen fest? No, we've already been we've already been there. I'm just thinking like a more like a Woody Allen sex fest. But anyway. <laughs> a Woody Allen sex film. How about it, Hollywood? Yeah. You know you wanna. Come on, Ronan Farrow. I do also really appreciate the climax of this movie. Like that we sort of get some stakes. The colony is being flooded. Yep. And all of the ants are building a human, well, an ant pyramid to get to the top point. Christopher Walken, who's sort of the main military bug, one of the few insects of the colony that can fly, yeah. has a falling out with the commander. And yep. the, the, like, uh, it's fairly high level stakes and drama that, like, you kind of get lost in a little bit, or at least I did. And yeah. again, I'd seen the movie before. It had been a really long time since I'd seen Ants when I watched it for this podcast. So it felt kind of fresh to me, like, watching it. It wasn't like I'd never seen it before, but oh, I'd sort I just, of forgotten oh, how much I, thought was put into it. Uh, Ants, I saw so once again so many times just working at the movie theater. Right. That wonderful score will forever be in my head. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Anyways, I'm not going to sing this. <clears throat> Too late. Ah... <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was a hum, not a sing. No words were sung. For the record, if if like it came down to a battle between Bugs Life and Ants, I think um, on a financial level, no question, a Bugs Life won. Yeah. And like they're both really good movies, but on a risk taking level, Ants kind of won yep. that competition. Yeah. Um, so you know, well done for that. It is crazy how similar the movies are. In The Bug's Life, Dave Foley plays a nebbish, oh, jeez, I don't know you guys, kind of aunt yeah. who's forced to you know, 
take a hero position for the colony and yeah. wants to get with the queen bee, as it were. Mm-hmm. It's remarkably similar, and yet they are different movies. Um, it might be kind of a fun double feature, who's to say? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what more to say about Ants. Like, it's totally worth your time, and it's not a just kids movie. Like, if you're intrigued with what we've been talking about here, like, if that sounds like something that would appeal to you, for sure. It is late 90s computer animation, and that's what it looks like. Mm. But again, imagine if this was not an animated movie and it just had that cast. Like, you'd probably watch it just on the strength of that group of people. Um, yeah, unfortunately, this story of DreamWorks going forward gets increasingly sad as yeah. things go on. And they kind of hook their, their animation franchise onto the Shrek movies and their offshoots. And the Shrek movies are what they are, but I've, I've always suspected that they are not going to age well at all. Mm. Like, um, there'll they'll always be a generation of people who grew up with Shrek and loved it, but, like, the way we watch classic Disney movies, like Cinderella and Snow White, 60, 70, 80 years after they were made, you know, those Matrix references and all those, like, yeah. super hip now aspect of the Shrek movies? Yeah. I don't know, I don't yeah. know. I think Ants is going to be an interesting curio when people look back at animated films and who did what and who tried what. This was kind of risky. Mm. Like I said, I would still love to have the conversation or know whose idea it was to like get Woody Allen to do an Ant movie. Yeah. And as I said to you before, the only thing more absurd would be like Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> doing a B movie. <laughs> <Pox> on you. <laughs> Is there anything else you want no, to say about No, man. Ants? I mean, I, I love like it. I don't know what else I can say about Ants, but I love it. I love the cast. Um, kudos to Sylvester Stallone. I think he actually does steal the movie as yeah. this sort of very good-hearted, dumb, not even dumb-witted friend yeah. who goes along with Woody Allen's plan. He goes to the map for his boat, his yeah. buddy, and you, yeah. you gotta, you gotta like that. Yeah, yeah. And I also dug how much he enjoyed digging. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> he thought he was gonna be bored shitless and you know he ends up meeting a, a, a cute girl yeah, and he like realizes this is awesome I love yeah. I'm really good at digging yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I like it a lot this holiday you are invited to a very special place where you'll see some very unusual faces Hooray! like Mr. Toad Mole, Ratty, and Badger. And where the only thing that disturbs the peace Tea time. is the sound of the wind in the willows. Beautiful day. Then up pop the wicked weasels. Rasping's life's one big picnic. Wait till we take over the riverbank. Whose dastardly deeds. We wanted to spend every last penny he's got, I know. So he has to give us total. I know. What? And terrible tricks have put Toad in a hole. I understand you need finance for another motor car. Oh, yes. And it's crashed yet another car. The full penalty of the law is hardly sufficient for the heinous evil crime perpetrated by the sniveling wretch. Has the prisoner anything to say? Incomplete. So I love Terry Jones. Mm. I love Monty Python. And I like all of the pythons i sort of kept up with them to check in see what they've been up to throughout their lives Mm -hmm. and i've always been fascinated with the fact like terry jones wrote labyrinth 
It's mm. one of these like overlooked fact of people that a member of Monty Python's Flying Circus wrote mm-hmm. Labyrinth. And it wasn't the only time he dipped his fingers into, quote, kids' films. Mm-hmm. This is a Disney-produced live-action telling of one of the uh, best known of the Wind in the Willows stories, the mm-hmm. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mm-hmm. It stands out in this collection for being the only one that's not animated. Mm-hmm. And it's the only one that clearly not millions of dollars yeah. <laughs> have been spent on. Yeah. It actually weirdly reminds me of like Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater that was going on in the 80s. Yeah. Where she would get weirdly star studded people to do what looked like basically. Puppet theater, show. Pu- yeah. Like a yeah. theater for children with yeah. like all of the mainstay aspects that you'd expect in that. Like. Low tier. Yeah, I just got paid for having fun. Yeah, and um, I get the feeling like Jones loves the subject matter and like he's a writer-director, he's committed. It's just amazing how nobody knows that this movie exists. Yeah. It's like a halfway Monty Python movie, really. Um, Eric Idle plays a major role and of course Terry Jones wrote, directed, and starred, but we also see John Cleese and Michael Palin in smaller supporting roles. So it's like... But it is very much a kid's movie. Yeah. It has a warmth and a charm in it, and I feel like I've been on a re- sort of repeat with this podcast. British charm, I But say. I do think as I watched it, I appreciate it so much as just somebody who loves Terry Jones, who loves Monty Python, and who appreciates what they're doing from sort of a children's theater perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of kids would find it kind of a hard sit today. Which is, it hurts me to say, it hurts my heart to say it because mm-hmm. it's just so warm and well-intended mm-hmm. and, like, I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But, again, like I've said for the last couple of reviews, I think that the average 40-year-old will get more out of it and enjoy more of it than your average, you know, 8-year-old. That's unfortunate for the movie. It, it doesn't necessarily mean to be a slight against it. But... um yeah, it's not as impressively mounted as a lot of Terry Jones pr- productions have been in the past. It does sort of show its theater roots, but it doesn't need to be. It's kind of good at being what it is, which mm-hmm. is kind of fun and charming. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to go with. It's fun and charming, but maybe more so for me than it would be for the average kid. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, what's the word I would be looking for? It's a very... Uh, Sorry, I'm drawing on a blank on the word, I guess I could say. Uh, sort of a narrow audience kind of show. Right. For like diehard Monty Python fans, diehard Terry Jones fans. Um, even sort of, if you're a lover of old British theater actors, there's a lot of who's who's that show up in this movie. It's like, oh, you know, that person and that person. It is utterly charming, but I am sort of surprised that it is low budget. I guess the train sequence probably cost some money. Yeah. Um, but if if you're going to get get actors, some of the costume and makeup choices work. If they're going for that whole animorph, what's well, the word? It's basically like you would see someone in a theatrical production of it. Yeah. For instance, Eric Idle plays Rat, and he has a tail that occasionally we see puppeted and doing things, but usually just sort of hangs there. Yeah. And he's got a little bit of pointy ears and a little bit of pointy teeth, and he's yeah. got these whiskers that kind of pop when he gets excited. Yeah. But they're little accents. It's clearly just Eric Idle, right? Yeah. 
Um, the most affected of the of the characters is Toad, is Terry Jones. He makes the pants so his stance seems wider than it persons should be, and he's much greener and more painted than a lot yep. of the other characters. But for the most part, the animal affectations are accents, like you would see when we did youth theater at Aiden Bowman. Yep. Like it's the kind of costumes that we would have for one of those plays. Yeah, it's not going to fool anyone. It's not like the the characters are a rat and mole and yep. toad and. Yep. No one's going to be fooled that that's a rat, that that's a mole, yeah. that that's its own. And no one tries to be. They ever expect everybody to play along. Yeah. And, you know. You would think, though, for a Disney production, that it was probably mixed with, I guess, some sort of BBC or whatever. Yeah. That they would give Maybe it they more. acquired it or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, that they'd give it more money for the costumes, though. That was, that was the one thing that struck me. Unless it was an, you know, active choice by Jones and um, Idol. Was it, was it the rat? Eric Idle played Rat. Yeah, yeah. Like, his costume choices were interesting. I only sort of noticed something when he, when he tweaked and his whiskers could have sort of popped out. Otherwise, I thought it's yeah, just Eric Idle. Every now and then his tail would do weird twitchy stuff. But for the most part, it just, yeah, yeah. He, there but he Steve was. Steve Coogan somehow, I, I believe, could be a mole. He right. really gave him teeth and everything. Young Steve Coogan, too. Right. Holy cow. <laughs> um, <laughs> even Nicole Williamson, uh, Badger. Yeah. Took me a while to guess that it was, he was Badger. Yeah. Uh, and again, the movie is so warm and charm. Basically, the story is Mole is in his cozy little hole in the ground, and all of a sudden it gets completely upended and, and yep. torn up by these no-good weasels who are building a canning factory for dog food. And they've been slowly uh, chipping away at Toad's fortune by convincing him to buy increasingly expensive automobiles, which he subsequently crashes. Yep. Toad seems like a good-natured enough fellow, but he's crazy. He's is, a he, is he a good-natured fellow? Because I found, like, he is so selfish and irresponsible. Oh, absolutely. But when Mole shows up and he's homeless, he's like, well, you can live with me. <laughs> and, yeah. like, and, and, like, he's worried about it. Uh, he's absolutely responsible for the destruction of Mole's house, and he doesn't suffer over that. Like, he doesn't seem to feel bad about it. Yeah. And the only time he is made to feel bad is when he is forced to like put himself in a quarter yeah. but like when he gets jail he immediately escapes with minimal re- repercussions you yeah. know he's the catalyst though for everything that goes wrong in the story <laughs> I mean you and could say he's manipulated by the weasels but I think with the death of Toad's father the weasels see that the guy running things doesn't have all of his marbles and he's easy to take advantage of they want to take over and basically turn the entire lovely animal filled valley into food processing plants yeah, yeah. and they're no good and they're bad and we don't like them shout out to Anthony Schur who's the chief weasel I mm-hmm. thought he's a great antagonist I think the weasels were definitely having fun with it too it, yeah. you know it's always good to play the heavy in these types of movies yeah and um, there's some lot, lot of a couple of musical numbers, but they're pretty spare, and they don't overstay their welcome. Yeah. And they are, you know, story based in like the weasels are telling you what it's like to be a weasel. And yeah. Rat's love song to the wizard, to the wizard, to the river. Yeah. Is is important to his character because that's later his weakness that's used by Toad. Yeah. To once again escape responsibility. Yeah. 
It's one of those things where Toad is this exasperating. Toad! <laughs> See, like, just at one point, especially if I was like Badger, I would just take an oar and just end the misery. Yeah, man. instead I of just... saying I'm no longer going to help you, just squish him. Yep. If you can take down two weasels, uh, two weasels at once, Badger, yep. Yep. you can take... <laughs> I was just I was just done with Toad when like Badger took him out. You know, in the other room to sort of, you know, explain him and show him, you know, how he's going wrong and then brings him out to apologize. I think for and me, it's my love of Terry Jones that comes through. I think he finds this kind of character sort of amusing. Like, yeah, um, yeah he's, he is, you're right. Everything he is, everything you say is true. Incredibly yeah. selfish, self destructive, yep. and thoughtless to the people around them. You know, but he does seem to genuinely love Rat. And genuinely love Mole when he thinks that they got blown up at the end of the movie. He is devastated, <laughs> but like, still, he he put all of this into motion. Had they actually been blown up, it would have legit been straight up his fault. So I don't know, man. I just got a whole Donald Trump vibe from him. just like. Well, I mean, from a severe. kid's aspect, it's sort of the the people who are rich and in power don't necessarily know what they're doing. Yes. You know, they don't automatically have access to some wisdom, especially when that power and wealth is inherited, right? Yeah. If you didn't make that capital, if you didn't earn your, your position of power, if you just fell into it, yeah, yeah, that's where the toads of the world come from. Yeah. Usually they don't mean it from a place of being evil. They just live their lives as spoiled children. Yeah. But this is a strange message to be trying to feed to kids. And I don't think Terry Gill or Terry Terry Jones is you know asking us to like Toad. Okay. Like I think he he finds him charming and funny, and I think we're supposed to laugh at and sometimes with Toad. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I just listen. Terry, Terry Jones, he was in his seventies. He cruelly ended up dying of a like Alzheimer's type disease. It was like, cancer, wasn't it? Oh, I believe it was a, something that was attacking his brains. He okay. couldn't for the longest time do interviews anymore because he was having trouble um but it's one of those really cruel things when you know it's just one of these fantastically intelligent people yeah and of course the thing that gets him strips him of that first he also became a parent and i think it was late 60s or something like this wow oh wow (laughs) he was living hard his entire life and always had many irons in the fire like multiple projects going on and yeah if he was in a project it's like yeah he's starring in it he's writing it he's producing it he co-wrote a few songs for this particular number yeah i think of things like the monty python's meaning of life and the infamous scene with the waiter (laughs) and Mr. Crusoe, and, yeah. and that's Terry Jones. Yeah. He's in this huge, vomit-filled, exploding fat suit. Yeah. And he's directing the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much respect for Terry Jones. My heart is broken that we lost him recently. Yeah. The, you know, the Monty Python continues to get smaller because, unfortunately, the mortality rate stubbornly stays at 100%. <laughs> so yeah we have not figured out how to cheat death Less I think I. my love of Terry Jones might be mixed up with my affection for the movie like it's fine it's okay it's yeah. pleasant it's warm yeah and like I just think in this day and age with this really flashy short attention span big budget glossy CGI movies it just sadly there's no place for such a sweet charming little relic as this anymore and mm-hmm. I, I'm sad for that because I do find it kind of sweet. 
mm-hmm. but I, I can't imagine like kids of this generation really embracing no it. no my daughter fell asleep sadly I mean I, I think we were in trouble when she actually went out and turned off all the lights yeah. but yeah no their attention spans wouldn't grasp that or even she said of, that she liked it but she did sleep through a good portion of it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah I don't know. That's kind of where I end up on Mr. Toad's Wild Wild Ride. No, like, I agree. It, it's it's charming. It's it it's good to see. You know. Python completists, absolutely. Yeah. And if uh, if you like sort of that dry British kind of sweet tone that things have, like uh, it, it has that. It's Why like characters in the sun. It always freaks me out when they do that. <laughs> it all comes back to like Teletubbies. <laughs> Don't put that, you know, a being in the sun. Uh, anyways. Talking, so Michael Palin in the sun was a troubling image. It was, me. it was. I was secretly inside, I was screaming. Yeah, I don't, I hope I didn't talk anyone out of it. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's also a weird, like, again, I, I hadn't heard of it. I didn't know that this movie existed. I, mm. it, it seems strange that this exists and it kind of went by it's been so long since I've read Wind in the Willows is Toad like that obnoxious the I believe book? so I remember it's a series of stories and they kind of jump around like who yeah. the main characters are in different time yeah. but then there's a bunch with Toad and Frog having adventures together I think Yeah. but uh, again I was in the single digit age category yeah it's been a while for the, for the Wind in the Willows so. did, did everyone get their land back? yeah well, I mean it, well, that, it, it resolves nicely mm-hmm. all the weasels get <laughs> <laughs> that's right and uh and you know the river valley is saved and toad gets his house back and his fortune back yeah. but of course immediately buys an aeroplane and it all starts over again yeah da, 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 da. that's one of the, like the the good slash you know infuriating thing about toad yeah he learned no lesson. No. Nope. All of this dramatic stuff happened. He went to jail. His friends tried to be, break him out of jail. His yep. friends almost died. The weasels. All of this death. All of this destruction. All house. of this chaos. And he learned nothing. And that's, I think, strangely, the thing that Terry Jones finds so funny. <laughs> Bruce Willis. That is an SUV. It's so big. How many humans fit in there? Usually... One. Gary Shandling. Hey there, little fella. Stop it. Come here. Mm-hmm. Liking that a lot. <laughs> Done. Steve Carell. I am a crazy rabbit squirrel. <laughs> Behind you. William Shatner. Brain possum is what we do. Can I poke him? No. And Wanda Sykes. Thank you, Stella. Oh, I can clear a room. This summer. Want me to show you what I do with my nuts? Very tempting, Hammy. Very tempting. From DreamWorks, the creators of Shrek and Madagascar. I'm putting my foot down. No, no. Oh, boy. Over the hedge. You're the devil. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Has Bruce Willis ever passed his best before date? I know. <laughs> he, he has become a sad, you know, figure in his late life. At least a movie like Over the Hedge, he can probably legitimately phone it in. This mm-hmm. sort of wise crack in, you know, uh, 
lovable asshole, the affable asshole that sort of got its popularity in the 80s and never really fully let go of culture. The guy that we're asked to like, but that if we closely examine him at all, there's really no reason to like. The yeah. John McClane's, the moonlighting, the, yeah. the like... There's a reason why John, John McClane is divorced. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it seems like... Bruce Willis just has turned into all the curmudgeons he's played. He's clearly way past being excited about acting, and he's got to have more money than God. I don't know why he doesn't just retire. Yeah, but I don't know. The day, the time it is well past when I could get excited by Bruce Willis's presence in a movie. You know, <laughs> it's strange though that he's been in a- enough good movies that they get sequels, but he then still does a lot of straight to. Yeah, and apparently he's terrible to work with, and a lot of these 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 cheap movies he does, he makes it part of the deal that he has like five or six shooting days, yeah. and that his body double, like they design the shots so that his body double can do the bulk, as much of the stuff like my close ups only, <laughs> type of actor, right? Wow. And on top of that, again, I've never met the guy. Apparently, a huge asshole. Okay. <laughs> but um. Whatever. Uh, the thing is, is that his Bruce Willis charm really works for over the edge. <laughs> like, it, it it makes sense. When we were talking about ants, I said, like, I just don't understand why, who do we need to center this children movie with the ant that changes the course of ant history? Yeah. Woody Allen. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. No. But this loner, wisecracking raccoon who gets mixed up with this terrifying bear... Yeah, he tries to steal all of this food, and again, it's all naked greed. He could have just taken a few things, but yeah. no, he takes the everything. I know, <laughs> so greedy, so greedy. So here's the question I have: Is Vincent the villain of this piece? Then, well, I mean, he's the villain in that he will happily eat all of these cute little critters just to make a point. But he was. The, Basically, this raccoon came into his house and yeah. stole his food. Yeah. He'd clearly stolen that food himself. He probably killed some campers to get all of that stuff. Anyway, he's given a clock. Like, this bear's going to finish his hibernation. When he wakes up, every item that got destroyed is going to have to be replaced. Yeah. So the raccoon goes down. He meet, meets a bunch of characters. One of them, the turtle heartbreakingly voiced by Gary Shandling, yeah, another, another right, guy he, that we lost recently. I, yeah, that makes me sad when yeah. I hear Gary uh, And he, voice. he again kind of works in this, but it makes sense. His character and the the voice of Shandling kind of connect well, yeah. I think, in that way. And like, yeah. people trust him and he's a likable guy, but yeah. he's not necessarily the guy that you want with you in an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> right? I will say this about the movie. The the cast, they do get together. They really work well together. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, just to finish the plot Sorry. outline. Is all, no, I just want to get the plot out because I'm really bad for forgetting to do the plot in this yeah. podcast sometimes. Yeah. Uh, he befriends, he ingratiates himself with all of these critters yeah. and convinces them that they don't have to forage in the forest all summer long, you know. They can steal everything they need out of this newly found suburb that they've woken up to. Yeah. And... By doing that, they're going to improve their lifestyle. But the catch is, the booty, once he collects it, is all supposed to pay off this debt to the bear. So he is taking advantage of all of them. And of course, during the course of the adventure, he falls in love with all of them. 
And I was very much charmed by them too. Like yeah. you're absolutely right. The voice talent, wall to wall, everywhere you like. You got Wanda Sykes playing a hilarious yep. skunk. Yep. You got William Shatner uh, playing a, a possum, teaching his daughter the tricks of the trade. Yep. Um, um, Will, what is his name? Um, oh my God. Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Yes, who does steal the movie? Yeah, who's this little chipmunk who's already like high strung and super Abby. like. Like super spazzed, and then we get to see him like after a few energy drinks, <laughs> <laughs> break both the speed and sound barrier. Uh, He's just very severely ADHD. That's that's that. that yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it is. It's yeah, awesome. Even the villains. I'm gonna. I'm, I, I wish I had IMDb in front of me, but Lowell from uh, Thomas Hayden Thomas Church, Hayden Church yeah. and CJ from West Wing, uh, um, Allison Jenny, Allison Janey yeah. uh, again. They are sort of the villains, but I guess, like, again, Alice and Janie's house is being repeatedly invaded See, by the, these creatures. This brings me back to who is the true villain of this place. It, it really is RJ. I, I feel bad for Vincent out of all of this, even with the chase in the climax. I don't know. I just felt that maybe it's because I just love Nick Nolte so much. Right. But... Well, and then he, again, like, the, they really matched the voice to the characters well. And yeah. as much as I started this whole thing out with, like, you know, Dick kicking Bruce Willis. Yeah. He does a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this, he may have legitimately been able to phone it in from his house, and maybe yeah. that's why he was having some fun <laughs> doing something like this. But the movie Wall to Wall works. It's funnier than you expect it to be. It's yeah. kind of more exciting than I expect it to be, mm-hmm. even, like, on repeat viewings. This mm-hmm. one, when we first got it, my son Tristan was really into it, so I saw it quite a few times. Yeah. And then I hadn't seen it for many years, and yeah. I came back to it. And um, it wasn't like homework or anything to watch it, but I guess I wasn't expecting to enjoy myself mm. as much as I did revisiting it. Mm. And I really had a had a blast with it. Yeah. Um, you're right in that he is the villain of the piece, but, you know, it, it kind of works that he gets accepted into the family. He admits his wrongs, he owns it, and he yeah. does everything he can to redeem himself. <laughs> so, like, but, yeah, everything that he does for the first two-thirds of the movie is awful. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 I, I have a theory about, you know, a difference between a good kid's movie and a classic kid's movie. And where a classic kids movie deals with universal themes where, you know, everyone from all ages can connect to. Where something like Over the over the Hedge, it's good. It's good. It made me laugh. I was entertained. There's lots of jokes that are of that age, yeah. uh, of the time it came out. I worked at a video store and when, it was, when it was playing. So it, I saw, I too saw it a Quite a lot. few times. Yeah. yeah. And then had it for a while and came back to it and did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that after a while it becomes instantly forgettable. It, it kind of goes into the void of the mass sort of, you know, kids cartoon movies. It's still good. It's entertaining. But well, this is well past the, the, you know, the initial rise of the CGI family movie. Yeah. This wade has crested and receded. <clears throat> now, uh, uh, there are some of the lowest grossing movies of all times have now been added fully animated movies mm-hmm. for a while the shittiest animated movie ever could come out and it was still open huge yeah because you know either a kid's Shark movie or whatever yeah, 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 yeah. either kids movies and be you know um it was just a spectacle yeah just the animation alone <clears throat> was enough to get people in the audience there was a, in university days the early pixar movies <clears throat> yeah 
there was like they would play them at, at Place Riel and and people would show up not with kids just just to be yeah. wowed and dazzled by the new level of of animation that had been reached so yeah <clears throat> there is that appeal to it but by this point yeah the wow factor is well gone yeah if this was one of the first CGI if this came out in 1999 with that other crop of movie yeah it probably would have blown people's minds right yeah. but it wasn't 1999 anymore yeah. But there's nothing wrong with it. It completely no, no. works. And it's yeah. very funny. And like I said, the excitement. There's a great chase sequence involving a propane tank yeah. and this neighborhood dog who, yes. interestingly, unlike the other animals, doesn't straight up talk. He still barks, but in his bark, you hear the word friend. Yes. Friend. Yeah. Friend. It's sort of like the equivalent of the seagulls in Finding Nemo world. For some reason, yeah. seagulls don't really have personalities. But it, they're but still dumb. Their animals. want is their communication. Mine. 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 Yeah. It's almost this movie's version of that. Yeah. But it's funny because the dog's chasing them, and their life seems like they're in danger. But I love that the whole time he's saying friend. Yeah. Friend. Yeah. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, of course, the crazy explosion over the top action stakes that happen and they yep. get blown yep. way up into no, the it, it is an entertaining thrill, funny thrill ride. There's there's nothing wrong with it. I was just trying to, yeah, pardon me, ah, excuse me, sort of what makes a classic animated kids movie to what makes a good one, but it is, you know. Forgettable in a lot of ways. It, go, it goes into the void. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that could, could sort of classify that. Even Shark's Tale was amusing, but once again, instantly forgettable. Right. No. Well, uh, Disney had a few big bombs like yeah. Mars Needs Moms and like yeah. uh, the, there's, I can't even remember, Delgo. There's like these weird, expensive animated movies that, that just. Flop nobody saw yeah. like not even on video <laughs> they didn't show up at home or even, the theater even the black cauldron <laughs> sort of suffered that fate way back in the day yeah and some like there was this snail movie with uh, uh ryan reynolds and it did oh turbo turbo yeah. and uh they they when they came out they commissioned a tv show and yeah. everything to a company like they yeah. were all in on turbo <clears throat> and my son really liked Tur twist and really liked it but yeah. it underperformed significantly yeah. Uh, it seems that Pixar manages to hit it out of the park every time, both financially and critically. But otherwise, the DreamWorks, anybody to the left and right, it's almost a crapshoot. Mm -hmm. I think that's why we're seeing more star-studded movies like this. Again, if this movie was on any subject and had this cast to it, yeah. I would be drawn to it just by the sheer level of talent. Yeah. Um, Steve Carell, I wanted to go back to Steve Carell because you're he right. Does, yeah, he, he is absolutely He wins hilarious. the movie for me, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, there's a scene where they <laughs> they give him an energy drink and everything, when we go into his perspective, slows down and he's just walking. Yeah. Like he's faster than the laser beams of the security grid turning on. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. And he's yeah. just going at this casual pace. And it is hilarious. And like by that self, I remember my kids just killing themselves and I was laughing with it. Yeah. But there's this lovely payoff at the end of the movie because they they deal with the bear, but the food is all destroyed and yeah. like um they they manage to like mess up the neighbors so that like she's probably carted off to the loony bin. Yeah. But the idea of making their living solely from stealing from suburbia has well been disproved as way too fucking dangerous. Yes. So what are they gonna do? They have no food. For the winter 
And there's just this little detail that, yeah, while all that shit was going on during the during the climactic moments, yeah. Steve Carell was also foraging for food for the entire winter. Hammy <laughs> clearly saves the day. And then so they wrote themselves into a corner and yeah. somebody in the writing room went, uh-huh, and yeah. that guy should have got a little bonus because yeah. I thought that was pure genius. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like, hands down, Hammy is the best character out of that whole movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can watch it with your kids. This is definitely a kids movie. Yes. Like, it, it's, you know... Yep. Completely harmless, completely fun. Yep. I, I had I had a good time. As soon as there was the first wave, there was the first surfer. You know, all you needed was, like, a piece of driftwood or a block of ice, and you were off. And they were hooked, man. They were hooked. Up till recent times, you had your old dudes... You know, your, your Hang Six cats, these old guys used to lay down with these huge, humongous boards. And these guys were the pioneers. But nobody saw what surfing could really be until Big Z did it. Can you tell us who Big Z was? Who is Big Z? You're asking the right guy. Z is <laughs> everything. Big Z is surfing. The May Will has not been an ocean before Z. They invented the ocean for him. And he lived so hard because he wasn't afraid to live. He wasn't afraid to die. Surf's up. Uh, that's, this is an interesting one. I mean, talking animal pictures, this is literally the theme of all of this. I yes. think that for time immemorial, going forward and backwards for kids' movies, there will always be talking animal movies. Mm-hmm. And there will always be sort of like some revisionist thing of, like, the Rocky template, you know, the sports movie. Yeah. What I think really uh, tickles me about Surf's Up Mm -hmm. is the faux documentary approach. (laughs) Yeah. It makes the animation job so much harder for them. Yeah. And there are scenes where it is just abandoned and there's no justification for cameras being around and we just see scenes play out. Yeah. The Zoe Deschanel penguin and the Shia LaBeouf penguin have a little romantic interlude in the ice caves or whatever. Yeah. But this whole idea that the, that this is like a bunch of animals scouring the world, the entire planet looking for the best animal surfers ever. Yeah. And collecting them to this the this place to to compete. And that, yeah, it's all it's all being documented. Yeah, it kind of tickled me. Like uh, okay. it's just like it, it makes everything harder. It's sort of like the CGI special effects in found footage movies. Yeah, the more elaborate your special effects, yeah, and the more you're moving the frame, the more difficult you yeah. make it on yourself. Yeah. Now I understand this is different because the whole environment is animated. Yeah. But, I don't know, I like it. There's sort of a meta-commentary on, not necessarily found footage, but documentaries, and, and, you know, how they're kind of rigged to the perspective of the creators. Yeah. And sports commentaries. Yeah. And sports movies. Yeah. And the kids aren't going to appreciate that, but it's not in your face. It's not distracting or weighing down the movie in any way. It's just how the story's being told. Yeah. Are we gonna? Are, are we stressing out about whether Shia LaBeouf is gonna prove himself to be a great surfer, yeah. or whether he's gonna get the girl, yeah. or whether he's going to, you know, inspire the late great Big Kahuna, or whatever the hell the name of the Jeff Bridges character uh, surfer geek? Um, the, I think Geek's the rooster, isn't it? Anyway, the um, there's nothing that's gonna surprise you really in the in the movie. I don't mm-hmm. think. 
<laughs> particularly. Yeah. Uh, and it's a fun sort of it, introduction to this sort of type of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it more than a lot of people do, apparently. Sorry, Big Z. Sorry. Big Z is yes, Jeff Big Bridges. Z, right. Um, I, I seem to like it more than a lot of people. It's another one of those, I think, kind of came and went. It did okay. There, yeah. Like you said, there's a, a sequel now. The WWE Enterprises has got a hold of the, the license, the name. Yeah. But the new version has a bunch of wrestling in it, and it's, I think, a completely different creative yeah. team. So. <clears throat> I really like it. It overperformed for me. And once again, it's star-studded. There's uh, James Woods playing like the crooked <laughs> right. sort of uh, promoter of the thing. And yeah. um, um, what's his face? Napoleon Dino. John Hader yeah. playing this rooster <laughs> yep. who practiced surfing on a lake, which doesn't have any waves, but still ends up really kicking ass in this competition. He kind of was my favorite character in a lot of ways, but yes, go on. <laughs> Uh, there's just, there's a lot of fun to it. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, Beckman, but I'm a huge fan of a movie called The Big Lebowski. I have never <laughs> heard you talk about that movie ever. Watch your jaw ever. hit the floor. I, I, I kind of have this also idea that like this whole movie is a dream that the dude had. Okay. Cause <laughs> you well, went hard on this movie. <laughs> tell you what, the dude impregnated Maud. There is a little Lebowski out okay. there, but Maud said she didn't really want him to have anything to do with the child. Okay. Psychologically, okay. the dude has these abandonment issues okay. and this sort of failure of his former past, right? Yeah. So if the dude had this dream that could put himself in the position here to solve all of these problems, yeah. spiritual sequel to Big Lebowski is all I'm saying. Uh-huh. You, sir, are a nerd. <laughs> that's imp- that's impressive, the narrative thread you just went down. But, wow. Well, look, you, we were saying, like, people, who are this movie for? Well, it's for kids. Yeah. Um, but, like, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is for, like, Monty Python completists. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. Surf's Up is for Lebowski completists. Okay. As good or better companion piece to the movie as the Jesus rolls. Oh, whoa, Okay. 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 Just saying. Just okay. saying. Okay. Okay. Well, you really double love feature. Double feature. <laughs> the <laughs> you, Big Lebowski and Surf's You up. clearly love this movie a lot more than I did, but okay. I did enjoy it. Um, I guess the first question I'm going to have, I'm going to ask you though, is: Is it wrong to be sexually attracted to a cartoon character? Like, well, that it, all depends on Jessica Rabbit. Okay. I couldn't tell you the amount of seed that has been spent in this world on Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I had a thing for Penny from, like, Inspector Gadget. I, oh, really? I, I couldn't quite... Pervert? I know. <laughs> I know. It was weird. I, I, did, I, I, I mean, I, I watched Inspector Gadget for multiple reasons, but Penny was That's one interesting, of those, dude. I know. I'm revealing far too much. I even surfs up this got depths. <laughs> it does. A lot will be revealed by this review. I even, you know, sort of made fun of the made fun of the song. Dun, 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 Inspector Gadget. Yeah, I'm no. singing again. Oh. <laughs> Badly. <clears throat> Bad. Sing away. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, every time, and it's because I also find Zoe Deschanel awesome. Right. Like, I know she's a character actor, but I've always been impressed both with her performance, but she's also very easy on the eyes. She is easy on the eyes. She is like the poster child for that whole manic pixie dream girl thing. Yes. And 
that kind of is a mixed blessing. And that's probably an unfair burden to put upon her, but she yeah. does tend to play that character. Yeah, no, she's, when I say character actor, I do mean character actor. Yeah. She's not going to stretch herself all that much. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and she does the job. I actually really like Shia LaBeouf fine in this movie. Yeah, Again, fine, he may yeah. be benefited from not actually seeing his face. <laughs> Ooh, I do like the family history that he oh. does in that sort of documentary form of all the different families. Yeah, no, that 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 made me laugh. I almost I felt a little bit of meta commentary for for Happy Feet. I can't remember where Happy Feet came up before or after this, but. Um, yeah. Uh, from the director of Mad Max, by the way. I know, oh yeah, George um, Miller. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I felt like it was a commentary on Happy Feet, how yeah. much it sucked to be a penguin in that, like, ice landscape. Like, how what a terrible life that they had, and it was going unacknowledged. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know if it's true or not, but, like, Happy Feet sort of puts a really pretty face on it, and this movie is like... So I, I just... Like, it makes me laugh almost every time I see the movie when he's like, yeah, this is where I live. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the freeze frame shot of the last time he saw his dad with this orca's maw coming out of the see, water. That, that made me laugh. Hard. Like, yeah. wow, you live, you, you live in a terrible place. Yeah. yeah. See, that was his good. brother is awful. Everything that he has to do with is awful. <laughs> his brother is brilliant. He's just an insecure mess. So uh, yeah. So and then we cheer for Cody, and we, like he's a bit of a blowhard, and like the way he talks differently when he's talking to the camera. Yeah. And then when the camera's not around, how he's a different person. Yeah. There's th- there's some I guess writing there, <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. It's a very colorful movie. Yeah. There's a big, mean, bully penguin surfer that you're enjoying right. waiting to see they get, get their comeuppance, and they do. And, uh, again, like I said at the introduction, how you get weird Diedrich feels. Diedrich Vader plays Tank. That's yeah, right. Diedrich Vader. <laughs> he's, like, dumb as a rock, but, like, yeah. way too athletic to be really... You, you can't you can't outfight him, but you can very, very easily outthink him. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it's it's a lot of fun, and I was saying at the introduction how sometimes these movies kind of sneak under the wire and like hit me kind of emotionally. Yeah. Like, and sports movies are like that way too. You know, I can sit stone faced watching some like World War Two brutal drama, but Hoosiers will fucking. Be... <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. It's so weird. Hit, hit you in the feels. Yeah, a little bit. For some reason, maybe I was like. Like having a bad day, like uh, the anxiety or stress was getting to me. Yeah, I got some feels zips <laughs> up when I rewatched it for the podcast. All I was right, like, all right. I, I, yay, I, I, yay, Big Z coming back out, and and yay, you know, it it's not it's sort of the rocky ending. Cody doesn't win, but he wins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. and uh, I don't know. I liked it. I think I honestly liked Surfs Up more than my boys did. Like they yeah. enjoyed it. They watched it. They watched it over, and I was like. That was really funny. Yeah. I like that. It yeah. was a good time. Thank you, Surf's Up. I had no expectations for this yeah. movie. It's yeah. one of those shows that like, we went to Rainbow, I think, one summer afternoon because yeah. we just needed to get out of the house and <laughs> do, do something. something. It wasn't like, ooh, ooh, let's go see Surf's Up. It was one of those what's playing yeah. this week. And it overperformed. And it continues to overperform for me. So. I will say this, and I'm kind of happy that Jeff Bridges uh, hasn't gone back to that whole well, dude character 
He doesn't uh, overplay his hand. That he doesn't way. overplay his hand. I mean, he is the the dude essentially in this story. Um, made my made my heart cry a little when I saw that beer commercial. But yeah, at that point, the damage had already apparently been done. It was all for charity. But still, yeah, the most undude thing you could do is star in an advertisement. It's just so undude. I know. Alas, I know. But it's a better use of character in Surf's Up than it is yep. in an advertisement. Um, I will, I will say this about Surf's Up. Um, Maya also fell asleep in this movie. Uh, it, it didn't grab her. Um, it made me chuckle in, in spots, but it, it, I'm struggling to re- remember a lot, a lot of the movie. I, I mean, I like I said, I do like the, the documentary style stuff that they do in the film. Um, Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> no, I did two things. To, never mind. <laughs> I won't finish that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> You're into that penguin, are you? Yeah. I don't know. It's the little things that do it for me, like the rooster sticking his head in the blowhole of the whale yeah. <laughs> just to get like the rush of the water. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, it's charming, and there's something to be said for a movie that that just catches you off guard. Yeah. Like I was not expecting to be wowed. I mean, wowed's over saying it, but I wasn't expecting to be impressed. No, no, no. And there are movies that are like that. Yeah. That, you had no expectation whatsoever, and you go, wow. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. You don't have to. I might be overselling Surf's Up, but if it sounds like something you'd like, give it a shot. Why not? Like, again, it's not our typical genre, necessarily. Yeah. But the quality of the movies are largely close to me. Yeah. So, I, just from our conversations, I don't think we're going to match at yeah. all. But, like, generally speaking, these are all charming movies. Definitely, if you have kids, check them out. Yeah. If you appreciate cool animation, check them out. Really, on a different day, my list might change. Like, yeah. this is what my list is today, today. <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm committing to one and six but especially the middle yeah 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 no i'm i'm kind of happy and excited for doing a kids movies episode i would be totally down for doing another one um yeah i i mean i would care to see i would i would be curious to see the, our top 10 of best kids movies and see what would be on there but well I mean, like you say, kids' movies and fantasy kind of hold hands to me in large ways. I don't want to get bogged down. There's so fucking many of them. Oh, I know. I think when it comes to doing kids' movies, I'm going to be a little bit more precise on the movies that I select. Usually it'll be like uh, bigger tentpole releases or 
things like Miyazaki or yep. like I think at some point I might do a Pixar themed episode because they've been yeah. Pixar. They've been Pixaring the shit out of things for a while. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I think this was a very charming sort of selection of talking animal pictures. It never, we never really answered the question of what the appeal of talking animals was, <laughs> but uh, I do think it is just something that is well, always going to be there. Kids are fascinated by nature. They're fascinated by, you know, sentient beings. So. And there's a filter. It's a putting a filter on the story. Like yeah. it's traumatic that Mole loses his house in yeah. Mr. Toad, but it'd be much more traumatic if yeah. it was a person and yeah. their house fell down around. <laughs> yeah. right. Hey, it's, it's not Watership Down. It's not Watership Down. Yeah. Nothing is Watership <laughs> Down. Watership <laughs> yep. Down has been the death of way too many childhoods. Yeah. Anyway, I'm curious. What was your least favorite of these six? talking animal pictures and why <laughs> so um, how I'm ranking them and I know this is one of the reasons why we're not going to match is that I, I, I uh, factored in Maya's I- enjoyment of the movies right. you know, movies that really spoke to her um, and, and, I, and, and that might have been just also to do with the experience of it you know sitting down t- t- you know with you know with dad whatever that might have heightened it who knows I don't know uh, anyways, so at number six, uh, I, I am going to put the charming, um, but somewhat slowly paced Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Yeah. I love Terry Jones, don't get me wrong. The, like, brilliant human beings. I, I like, and it was neat to see that it was actors, not just animations. Yeah. Uh, it was a different change of pace. A little curious about some of the costume choices. Um, you know, I enjoyed the film itself. Uh, but Maya never really seemed to grab it, and then just kind of well fell asleep. Yeah. But so no, at number six, I have Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Number five, um, I understand your love of of Surf's Up. I, I get it. You just but, don't share it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. There's nothing, nothing overly wrong. It did made me chuckle at a, at a couple points. Uh, Maya maybe lasted twenty minutes, and once again, then. Right. And that was sort of part of the gauging factor is, you know, did it grab Maya? If not, you know, she'll focus on something else, like Lego or whatnot, or just, you know, pass out. Right. So, at number five, I have Surf's Up. Number four, I agree with your criticism that there was, a, you know, a, a lot of adult jokes that might have separated some kids' enjoyment of it. And, and I do love Gore Verbinski. I think he's a very talented director. He's got a very cartoonish sensibility about him. But at number four, I have Rango. Uh, at number three, Maya loved the heck out of Over the Edge. And it's not a timeless movie. It's not a classic movie. But it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. And I do think the cast do work very well together. Um, I just think that RJ is just the villain of the whole story. <laughs> At number two, I have... And, and I, I guess I will always thank you for this, Larry, because uh, I saw my daughter completely lose her mind during a movie. <laughs> she just... It broke her to see the termite invasion and then Danny Glover getting you know, his body torn apart. <laughs> it broke her mind and she flew off the bed and around the corner and oh no yeah no you broke her larry you, you broke her heart it was it was beautiful but i have ants at number two 
Um, it's a great kids movie. <laughs> of course, after I say that, how it traumatized my daughter. Because <laughs> that's really how you sell a movie. Ants. It'll totally fuck up your child. Uh, and at number one, um, and she loved it. Uh, from front to back, Chicken Run. Yeah. Nick Park's Chicken Run is awesome. It's awesome. Like I said, I've seen it so many times. I don't know how many times I've seen it. And Maya was the same way. We watched it together, and then for the next three days, it was Chicken Run all the time. And I don't understand how kids can watch the same thing over and over and over. Oh, and I was over. the same way. I was totally. Well, I was too. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. I was too. How many times have I seen Raiders? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Well, look, we don't have the same list, but I, it's actually closer than I, I was envisioning based on our conversations. But um, it, it's weirdly, it is Surf's Up that's messed up, the gummed up the works here. Yeah. But I just want to reiterate that I, I, I enjoyed all these movies. Yes. I found all of these movies charming. Yeah. Um, the standout is Chicken Run. It was yeah. basically a list with Chicken Run and five other movies. Yeah. Like Chicken Run was number one yeah. going into it, and it yeah. stayed number one for me. And uh, it's not personal, it's just that quality of movie, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Like, it was clearly yeah. the best. Yes. So, here's my list. We'll start an agreement. I love Terry Jones, and I like the story, and I do find yeah, the movie it, charming. It, it, yeah. But Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is going to be at the bottom of the list. That said, for fans of Terry Jones, for yeah. fans of Monty Python, yes. for fans of The Winds and the Willows, yes. for fans of just sort of sweet, charming, but it's not aggressively trying to keep your, your attention. It kind of expects you to meet it halfway. Yeah. And kids are less and less seemingly able for yeah. that. Um, I would love to meet the kid who loved this movie. But yeah. I think that kid is pretty few and far between. Yeah. Is that a fair reason to put it at the bottom? I don't know, but that's I had to put something at the bottom, and that's where it ended up. Yeah. Gore Verbinski's Rango is in fifth place. Again, I had a lot of fun with it. It had a smile on my face the whole time, but there's, there's a, a weird sheen of ugliness over top of the proceedings, and it is a long sit. Yeah, and uh, it does overstay its welcome. It, 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 yeah. It, it may be as much as... Stoner light show as it is a kids movie too. Yeah. So if I'm looking at these as kids movies, then that kind of seated it lower. It as is well. weird seeing uh, Hunter S. Thompson and his sidekick cohort, Doctor yeah, Gonzo. Gonzo. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's like kids movie. Okay. In fourth place, perhaps overperforming, maybe not. I just there's. Not enough credit is given to something that's just fun and entertaining and goofy. Over the Hedge is fun and entertaining and yep. goofy, and it gets yep. the job done. No, it. Maya laughed yeah. hard during the movie, and she and once again watched it. Yeah, that's and again. then really these two next to each other, like Over the Hedge is four and Surfs Up yeah. is three. Yeah, those two are really close to yeah. me. I think. The inclusion of Jeff Bridges and the dude angle made Surf's Up more interesting to me. And like I say, the just the, the choice of going weirdly faux documentary in an yeah. animated movie kind yeah. of it just made me smile. <laughs> just like, and uh, you know, I, I actually like Shia LaBeouf in this. I don't always like Shia LaBeouf. I thought I, li I liked Cody. He was charming. Um, Ants is in second place. This is maybe the most risk taking of them all. Yeah. Um, Rango, I don't know if it, I would say it was risk-taking. I think Gore Verbinski was just consciously pushing yeah. the line of what a kid's movie is, which is exactly what he was doing with Mouse Hunt. It's completely yeah. 
in keeping with what I expected to see from him. But yeah. that's why Rango's in fifth place. Ants, I do think that kids can still get a lot out of. Yes, yeah. it has its scary moments, its darkness, and its sort of adult faux edges. Nothing too sharp, but yeah. it just sort of and acknowledges some consequences in this My world. Maya could easily follow the story. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just fucking weird that there's a kids movie starring Woody Allen as yeah. an ant. Like, that's just as a, as a curio in of itself. Yeah. And yeah, another 1999 movie, which yeah. was another cra- just a crazy year for movies. But yeah, as I, as I began, Chicken Run. Chicken Run. Chicken yep. Run. All day long. Yep. Chicken Run. Chicken Run. 100%. Chicken Run. I've seen it many times. I will see it many times again. Chicken if I'm lucky run. enough to bounce grandkids on my knees, someday I will <laughs> I will show Chicken Run to my grandkids. Yep. So, uh, big fan of Chicken Run. And I always want like these guys to, to get another one to hit out of the park. I've literally liked every movie. that I think the case could be made that this still remains their best movie. Yep. But all of their work is good, and it's such hard painstaking work yep. and so and much love to do and so much craft is put into them and like i wish all of their movies had the same success that this one did into yep. some degree and yeah if you haven't watched wallace and gromit good god watch wallace Get and gromit that, and creature comforts is sort of heartbreaking and funny at the same time and again interestingly that one's a faux documentary animation too now that i think about it they're animals being interviewed by a, a camera crew in a zoo but it's all claymation Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, please, 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 please watch all of these movies. Like I said, if you have kids, these are pretty safe bets with the exception of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And uh, they're all fun, colorful, talking animal pictures. Yep. Star-studded talking animal pictures. Man, did you ever imagine, you know, when I, 2013 when I started doing ranking review that we would do a talking animal <laughs> can't can't say that was ever on my mind no well uh thank you so much mr beckman for once again joining me for rank and review once hey. again we did not go six for six or zero for six uh, but again i don't think we're going to be fighting over this no. like let's let's not die on the hill of surfs up <laughs> <laughs> that was fun man it was fun No, you guys, it's over. The podcast is over. What are you going to do? Well, here's a suggestion. If, if there's no more rank and review for you to listen to in your queue, maybe you want to check out the Terror Table podcast or the Shelf Shedding Movie Show podcast or Cobwebs, the Gothic Horror podcast or Welcome to Collinwood. All of these podcasts are friends of rank and review and they all deserve your ears. If you have feedback for Rank and Review, please send it to me at rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. I'm your host and Madam Canadian, Larry Parsons, so you can address me directly if you like. Check out the website at rankandreview.ca, and please tell that other movie friend in your life about the show. Rank and Review drops every other Wednesday. Ha 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 ha!